Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 29th of August, and this is Govindraj Ethiraj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital and most rocking city in the world. Our top stories and themes for the day Mukesh Ambani unveils succession plans and a range of blueprints, including for a technology service company. Reliance announces expanded plans for solar photovoltaic manufacture and wind energy. Office leasing activity is down 12% from a 2020 peak even as co-working picks up. And cumulative rainfall levels are now down 8% as are reservoir levels in many parts of India. This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. Reliance unveils succession and last mile wireless 5G connectivity to fibre and new renewable plans. Mukesh Ambani, chairman of Reliance Industries and older son of founder Dhirubhai Ambani, kicked off succession plans during the company's 46th AGM with the announcement that three of his children would join the board as non-executive directors, even his spouse Nita Ambani would step down as non-executive director in order to, as they said, focus on the group's foundation work. Given that the children Anant, Akash and Isha Ambani all hold executive roles within the group, unlike mother Nita Ambani, it's interesting that they are not being inducted onto the board in executive roles, at least at the moment. Isha heads the retail business, Akash is chairman of the board of Reliance Infocoms and Anant is the youngest and is on board of almost all major subsidiaries including retail and telecom. Most present executive board members include old-timers like Nikhil Meswani and Hital Meswani, who are extended family, apart from PMS Prasad, who's been on the board for almost 14 years and with the company for over 40 years and is a veteran originally from the petrochemical business. During his address, Ambani revealed the transition from a telecom player to a technology player, something analysts like Devan Choksi are betting on and who I will come to shortly. On the telecom side, he announced Geo Air Fiber to be available next month, through which the company hopes to connect some 200 million homes with last mile connectivity through 5G. Presently, Geo Fiber, which means actual fiber optic connectivity into homes, has 10 million subscribers who consume, Mr. Ambani said, over 280 gigabytes of data per month, which is 10 times higher than India's per capita mobile data consumption. More than 80% of India's data consumption happens indoors, the company said elsewhere adding that it had also become the biggest destination for entertainment in the country via Geo Cinema. The leap or the transition to technology here is through Geo platforms, providing managed services for Reliance Group right now, but says that it's now ready to offer cloud and other services to businesses outside Reliance in India and abroad. Something like an Amazon Web Services, I would reckon, or the Indian scale-up version of it. There were other announcements in the space as well, broadly consumer, home, business and platforms. Meanwhile, much more was expected on the geo-financial front and the stock fell sharply thereafter before recovering because whatever the market wanted to see did not present itself. Someone who did present himself was Larry Fink, chairman and CEO of BlackRock, which manages some $10 trillion of assets globally and spoke about the India opportunity in doing business with Reliance. BlackRock has been here in India for about 15 years and is already one of India's largest non-Indian investors According to Mr. Fink, he also said that India lies at the heart of his global platform. Geo is, of course, doing an asset management company type with BlackRock, small in the scheme of things, at least right now. By the way, if you didn't know, Reliance's consolidated revenues last year were about 974,000 crores, and its net profit was about 73,000 crores. 
and it also that is the company accounted for about 9% plus of India's merchandise or physical exports last year most of that would be oil ambani also announced the setting up of what he called a fully integrated automated giga scale electrolyzer manufacturing facility for large scale green hydrogen production at jamnagar he also revealed a solution for stubble burning by a deployment of bioenergy projects or specifically compressed biogas for which pilots and a commercial scale plant have been running Reliance is targeting 25 such plants across India in the near future which will eat up about 5.5 million tons of agro residue and organic waste. He also announced very specific renewable energy plans which are a little in the future but interesting nevertheless. This is what he said. Our first priority is to deliver a fully integrated end-to-end solar PV manufacturing ecosystem. This will be one of the largest most technologically advanced flexible and cost competitive solar gigafactory globally and will be converting sand into solar pv modules our solar gigafactory will include manufacturing of pv modules cells wafers and ingots polysilicon and glass at a single location in jamnagar we will target to bring the factory on stream in a phased manner by the end of 2025 we will be deploying leading edge heterojunction technology for manufacturing one of the highest efficiency solar pv cells and modules globally for utility scale and rooftop power generation we will further continue to innovate and maintain global leadership friends we will also pursue wind power generation towards this we have made significant progress in developing a manufacturing ecosystem critical to achieving cost efficient wind generation at giga scale one of the significant cost drivers in manufacturing of wind blades is carbon fiber our foray into manufacturing carbon fiber at large scale provides us with a unique advantage to further integrate and reduce cost of wind turbines in addition we will be partnering with the world's leading technology players in wind equipment manufacturing to deliver most cost efficient solutions we will further leverage our engineering and construction capabilities along with our giga scale manufacturing ecosystem to accelerate and enable installation of at least 100 gigawatt of renewable energy generation by 2030 so reliance all in all announced either a blueprint or expanded plans for retail oil gas green energy apart from telecom and technology and then some work on the foundation side so what is a reliance watcher and market veteran like devin choksi feel i caught up with him and asked him what he took away from the agm speech at least as highlights so overall i believe that i think the agm has laid down the works again the direction for respective businesses and that is a satisfaction that one gets out of hearing the agm proceedings and from the chairman i think the important part is that two or three big statements have come up the first big statement which has come up is how a mobile telephony company geo platform is becoming a technology company and they have laid down the road map under the three verticals and the fourth one being a services the first vertical is the mobile platform second is the old platform third is enterprise platform fourth is i think all of the digital services including technology services now 
if one looks at systematically, mobile platform is the low-hanging fruit in form of, I think, acquiring the customers. So they have got 45 crore plus customers into this particular web. Now they are extending this entire journey to the home connections and they are talking about connecting addressable market of 22 crore homes. So this is another important point, I think, which is being revealed. The third point, I think, which is important within the home connection is that different, different verticals. Generally, you connect only for internet purpose. Now, I think with the one set-top box, you are connecting the entire media, all the entertainment, internet, of course, connected, and plus a variety of applications which are likely to run onto this particular platform for the use by the home users, which may include education, which may include health, and which may include gaming, and it may also, of course, include e-powers. So each of these applications are being announced to be used on the home platform itself. So, which is a very positive thing, which means that I think whatever the mobile connections customers who have basically been using, now the home connection customers will be using multiple of these particular applications. The third important aspect is enterprise connectivity. In enterprise connectivity, currently one we have seen is that people do connect through internet, but now with the 5G connectivity established, the throughput expected is going to be faster. And the network has to be basically supporting to the enterprise by way of creating a separate private channel. That means I think your ability to compute and take the commercial decisions, I think, would be much better, much bigger and faster. So that is where I think they've made an announcement. And I feel that I think this is going to be multiplying the growth opportunity for the GEO platform. And last but not the least, I think, which is artificial intelligence and the cloud computing which is basically being announced on the enterprises as a platform. And on the top of it, I think the third-party developers will get an opportunity to develop their applications. So if you put all of them together, what I understand in convert them into numbers, currently about 120,000 crore of revenue and about 50,000 crore worth of EBITDA will easily get doubled in next two years to three years' time, given the kind of a proposition that they are talking about in all connections and in the enterprise connections. So that is one big announcement as I consider in the geo platform. Right. So your takeaway from the AGM principally is the focus on the transition of reliance from a telecom company to a more cutting edge or a futuristic technology company, which is a little bit of Amazon, a little bit of Microsoft and so on. Is that right? Absolutely. I think today if you look at India's technology service provider, the size of the business that they have Vis-a-vis, I think the size of the business which Reliance is now demonstrating, it would be simply understood that I think you would be at 2 lakh crore all revenue and about 1 lakh crore for EBITDA mid-term proposition going forward. If this is going to be a situation, definitely this geo platform would be registering its claim as the largest technology solution provider company in the country with a robust B2B as well as B2C connectivity offered at the same time using the price. Right. And last question. So on Geo Financial, I guess they have provided a bit of a blueprint. We also saw the head of BlackRock coming and speaking. So is that sufficient for now or were you looking for something else? Excellent. I think amount of clarity is come up with four verticals that they are talking about. The first vertical is with asset management activity along with uh, BlackRock. The second vertical would remain the vertical of payment solutions that they are talking about, which is more or less an enabler. 
The third vertical would be the insurance vertical, wherein your life insurance, general insurance, and health insurance are the segment wherein they are going to have the overseas tie to bring up the insurance services to the customer. And the last and most important vertical is NBFC vertical, where they have got a digital fintech at the front end and capital, the strong networks that they have, which is the third largest in the industry today, after SBI and NBFC being combined together. But our axis and ICICI of 1.4 lakh, 1.5 lakh crore. So, in my viewpoint, I think on these four verticals, a distinct amount of growth opportunities available to them. NBFC vertical could possibly assume addressable market size of about 50 lakh crores in next three to five years' time. Most importantly, because of the digital customers that they have, their cost of acquiring the customers will be significantly lower and time to go to market will be significantly faster. Because you have money controlled as a digital customer bank, you have got mobile telephony as a digital customer bank, you have got the retail business where I think you have got a significant amount of footfall in the physical store as well as I think the registered number of customers onto your retail platform. All of them put together, in my viewpoint, I think becomes a very, very strong starting point on one side having the customer and on the other side a strong balance sheet. So I think this could possibly be a faster penetration to the market going forward, as I see. Right, Devin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Goen. Thank you so much. Meanwhile, Bill Gates swung by the Reliance AGM, virtually of course, and announced that they and Reliance would be working together on a series of collaborations, somewhat unusually since Gates usually works with governments and non-profits. The collaborations would include a partnership with Bill Gates's climate organization Breakthrough Energy on addressing climate change, helping unlock economic power for women, and improving health outcomes for the poor. To make meaningful progress, Fighting climate change, we need businesses, philanthropists and governments to spend more on affordable green solutions that will enable India to achieve its economic and climate aspirations at the same time, Mr. Gates said. Mr. Gates also announced that Gates Foundation and Reliance will over the next three years support one million women to fulfill their potential through self-help groups. And finally, the duo hope to support innovation and implementation at scale to develop drugs and point-of-care diagnostics. We'll also continue to work with communities to support the government's efforts to eliminate infectious diseases, Mr. Gates said. Elsewhere in the stock markets, shares of Reliance Industries slipped 1.4% and those of Geo Financial fell a little less than 1%. The BSE Sensex ended at about 64,997 points, which is up 110 points, while the Nifty 50 was up 40 points to close at 19,306. Shell gets a new head in India. Elsewhere in energy again, Shell India announced the appointment of Mansi Madan Tripathi as the new country chair of the company. Effective 1st October, she will succeed Nitin Prasad, who's been the country chair since 2016. As country chair of Shell India, Mansi will oversee Shell group of companies in India. In addition to her role as vice president, Shell Lubricants for Asia Pacific and will relocate from Singapore to New Delhi, her home city to take up the role, the company said. Tripathi is a graduate from the NIT Kurukshetra and has an MBA from SPGen Institute of Management Research right here in Mumbai. And she was earlier Managing Director of Shell Lubricants India and Country Marketing Officer and joined Shell from Procter & Gamble in 2012. The rains are slowing down. India has been witnessing deficient rainfall in the month of August and it stands at 32% below LPA or long period average compared to a 13% above LPA or long period average surplus rainfall received back in July. 
Against this, for the cumulative period now, rainfall is down by 8% below LPA or 6% below LPA in the previous week compared with a surplus of 7% above LPA for last year. Overall, Kharif sowing has inched up marginally, says Bank of Baroda Research, with much higher acreage in rice. However, pulses sown area continue to lag for the same period. While there are regional variations, reservoir levels, another important metric as a percentage of total capacity, stands at 64% as on 24th August 2023, compared with 81% for the last season. Total live storage available in 146 reservoirs stands at 79% of storage of last year and 94% of average storage for the last 10 years. The impact of scanty rainfall in some regions is likely to be reflected through higher prices in coming months, says BOB Research, which put together all these numbers. And finally, office leasing slows down. There has been a significant 12% decline in regular office leasing activity in the current fiscal year, that's 22-23, compared to the peak year of 2020 when leasing stood at 43 million square feet across the top seven cities. This year, leasing across the top cities stood at about 36 million square feet, according to real estate consulting firm Anarok. On the other hand, co-working has grown. Flexi office spaces share of office activity has shot up 23% in 22-23, a 11% surge against the 12% share in FY2020. This is the highest recorded growth across all office sectors, says Anarok. Pune leads with a share of 40%, followed by Bangalore, which comes next with the absorption of co-working office spaces increasing to 30%. So how is your office shaping up and which model are you following, if any? Do write in to us on feedback at thecore.in. We'd love to hear from you. And before I go, I'm happy to connect with Dr. Nandita Ayer, author of our popular CEO's Diet column. In this week's column, she talks about how designing your environment affects your eating habits and ways to incorporate design for healthier eating. I spoke to her and began by asking her to tell us more about why our eating environment is so important to us. So I think when it comes to following a healthy lifestyle, be it eating healthy or sticking to regular workouts, we tend to overcomplicate things which is why we're not able to stick to our plan long-term and it's not sustainable. But there are a few ways in which designing our environment or designing our food-related things, how it can impact our lifestyle in a positive way. You know, just starting with a very simple thing like using smaller plates to eat. So when we serve the same amount of food on a small plate versus a large plate, The food put on the smaller plate looks like a larger quantity and the same quantity of food put on a larger plate looks like it's much less. So we also feel satisfied when we look at the food served on a smaller plate because we feel, hey, we are getting to eat a lot more. Secondly, you know, in the kitchen or in our uh, house, when we keep things around at eye level, we have to always design it in a way that the foods you want to eat are at eye level and the foods you want to avoid are not at eye level. So, for example, if someone wants to cut down on their drinking, then they should make sure that the bottles of alcohol are kept on the much lower shelf. So, you either have to bend down to get it and you're not seeing it all the time, you know, whenever you open the cupboard. Or things like unhealthy snacks or cookies and stuff, again, not to be kept at eye level because Every time you see it, it's a temptation and 
there's only so much temptation that we can resist so ultimately we are going to succumb to it so making sure that these things are kept away and there was a study quoted in a ted health podcast which i've linked to in the article that you can eat 70% less of the foods that you keep out of reach even if you just have to put a stool to reach it as in you just need to keep that one small barrier between you and the foods you don't want to eat and you can effortlessly cut down 70% of eating those kind of foods like for example a chocolate or something put it on a much higher shelf and it's so much more easier to avoid that at the same time in the fridge again where design comes into play what you want to eat put those in transparent containers where your eyes can see that and you eat it and what you don't want to eat regularly you put it in a steel container or wrap it in a aluminum foil so you don't see that so i think these are the ways we can trick ourselves on a regular basis to pursue a healthy lifestyle effortlessly and not burden ourselves with so much temptation and keep testing our willpower at all times of the day and that's it for me for today have a great tuesday and see you soon thank you as always for your very warm and wonderful feedback directly as well as on linkedin where i try and post one of our reports every day bye for now This was the core report with me Govind Raj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you. including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector write to us at feedback@thecore.in at thank you for listening